Story and a song, story and a song, words and music, they belong. Story and a song, story and a song, hope that you will sing along. Kia ora, I'm Tanya Bad. And I'm Peter Forster. And we'd like to welcome you to A Story and a Song, a storytelling podcast for children from the Bat Cave. might share one of the stories that we've been telling while we've been away um, on this on this tour. So we're doing two storytelling shows and some of you might have come along, especially if you're on Waiheke Island, to see um, this one, which is Mary Bumby's Hive of Story, which is all about the woman who first bought the honeybee to Aotearoa. And I'm sure that you're all fond of honey. Who likes to eat honey? Me. Mm. Who likes honey on popcorn? Honey on toast? Honey and ginger and lemon when your throat feels a little bit sore. Oh, it's good for your sore throats, isn't it? (laughs) So Mary Bumby's story is all about the honeybee and the human relationship with the honeybee. And this is uh, one of the stories that we tell in that show. And it comes from Borneo, from the Dusun people. And it's a story about a man whose name was Rakian. Once upon a time, on the edge of the great forests that once carpeted the island of Borneo, there was a little village, and in that village there lived a man whose name was Rakian. And Rakian lived in a little hut all by himself. And when the story started, he was out in the forests. He had a big sharp knife and he had a basket. And as he walked, he was looking and listening and looking and listening, when all of a sudden, he heard a sound. And he looked high up into the trees. And what did he see up there? But a great swarm of wild bees, a nest hanging from the branches. <laughs> Just the sort of thing Rakian was looking for. So he strapped his knife to his side, tucked his basket under his arm, and he was very good at climbing trees, a bit like some of you. I know Narayan and Jude are very good at climbing trees. I bet you are as well, Marlo. What about you, Alice? Are you good at climbing trees? Yeah, lots of good tree climbers. Gregor and Lena have probably given up climbing trees for the time. <laughs> and out the tree he went. And when he got near the nest of bees, he took his knife and (laughs) he started to cut when all of a sudden (laughs) a terrible scream came from the nest of bees. (gasps) Rakian, he nearly fell out of the tree. And he pulled his knife away and he looked more closely at the hive and he saw that these bees were no ordinary bees. These bees were white bees. And so he put away his knife and with his bare hands, he wrestled that swarm off the branch and into a basket. And then he made his way back down the tree and he carried the basket home. And then he did something that probably most of us wouldn't do. He took the bees inside and he hung them over his bed. And they hung there like a great big droplet. I'm not sure. Have any of you ever seen bees when they're swarming out in the wild? Have you ever seen them on a tree? They're quite amazing. They make great droplets like this. And that night, Rakian fell asleep to the humming of the bees. 
Well, the next morning he got up and he headed out to the fields to work. And imagine his surprise when he came home that evening and found on his table Kai, his food made for him. Oh, lucky I couldn't believe it. Somebody had made him a meal. He sat down and he gobbled it up. He was starving hungry. And as he ate it, he thought, I wonder who's made me this? Maybe someone in my family? Hmm. But when he asked his friends and his family, they didn't know anything about the food. Hmm. Very strange, thought Rakian. Next day he went out working again, and when he came home, another meal on the table waiting for him. Oh, it's like that for you, isn't it, Pete? Every day. In your dreams. <laughs> another meal. Oh, he gobbled down that food. Oh, it tasted so good. And the next day, the same. And the following day, again. Akiyan was feeling pretty lucky, but now his curiosity was growing stronger than his hunger, and so the next day he decided he was going to find out who was making this food. He made out as if he was leaving his house and heading off to the rice fields as usual, but this time he waited and hid behind a tree where he could watch his house. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. But nobody came. And Rakian thought, well, I guess your luck runs out eventually. And he was about to head off when... The door of his house opened. And out stepped the most beautiful woman. Oh, she had long, dark hair that fell down around her hips. She had skin that was the colour of honey, and her eyes, they sparkled like sun hitting upon the bee's wings. And she was holding a gourd, a calabash, and she was taking it down to the river to fetch water, no doubt to make Rakian more food. Rakian, when he looked at her, his heart went ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. <gasps> Many of you ever had that happen? You've looked at somebody and your heart goes... Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. <laughs> no, no, as he's saying, no, not her. <laughs> and as soon as she'd gone, Rakian stepped out from his hiding place and he ran towards the house. He opened the door and he stepped inside and the first thing he noticed was it was very quiet. There was no humming of the bees that he'd become so accustomed to. And he looked up and he saw that the bees were gone. All that remained hanging over his bed now was the honeycomb. And all the nice thoughts he had about that beautiful woman who was making him the food went out the window like that. He was like, she's taken my bees. What? She's a thief. Wait till she comes back. Well, I'll, I'll tell her something. And he reached up and he took the honeycomb and he looked out the window and he saw that she was coming back up the path. And so he hid himself in the in the little cottage, which was quite hard to do because it was a very small house. And the woman, she opened the door with a calabash full of water and she put the water down and... The first thing she noticed was that the honeycomb had gone. <gasps> and she got such a distressed look upon her face and she began to cry. Oh, where is my sarong? Who, who would take it? I, I need that sarong. It has everything that belongs to me. Oh, 
and she began hunting in the house, turning things upside down, hunting on the floor. And of course, who did she find but Rakian? And Rakian jumped up and he pointed his finger at her and said, You! You! What have you done with my bees? They belong to me, those bees. Give them back to me! Then she stopped her talking. She went silent and she just stood there and stared at him. Rakian stood there and stared back and the two of them stared at each other. It was very intense and slightly awkward. And then Rakian, he said, Well, if it's you who's been making me that food, why don't you make me some more? Oh, <laughs> does that ever work for you, Pete, talking to me like that? Not really. <laughs> Doesn't really, does it, when you talk to people like that? <clears throat> no, it doesn't usually get you what you want. <gasps> but the woman, she opened her mouth again and she started to speak. She said, you, you've stolen my sarong. Give it back to me. It's got everything that's mine in it. You shouldn't have taken it. Please give it back to me. And she got very upset. And Rakian, seeing her so upset, became very distressed himself. He said, look, I'm sorry. Please don't get so upset. If you, if you mean by your sarong, the honeycomb, it's true. I've taken it. But I don't want to give it back to you because I'm sure if I do, you're just going to go away. And I, I don't want you to go away. Then the woman, she smiled and she said, Well, Rakian, why don't you give me back the honeycomb and we'll see what happens? Because I'm not in that much hurry to go anywhere. In fact, I've been talking with my mother and it's come to our attention that you have no wife amongst your own people. And I have no husband amongst mine. So I could stay here and I could be like a wife to you and you could be like a husband to me. Oh, Rakian thought that was a good idea. <laughs> he knew what side his toast had honey on it. And so they took each other's hands and they promised themselves to each other. And then the woman, whose name was Potsisukan, which means bee in the Dusan language, she said, one thing, Rakian. You must never tell anyone my secret that I am a bee woman. Of course, said Rakian, I won't tell anyone. Well, the days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months and nine months passed by and... Oh, what do you think that was? A little baby was born in their house. Oh, Rakian and Potsizukan, they were so happy. So was everybody else in the village. They decided they would have a great big feast to celebrate. There was lots of eating and drinking and drinking and eating and all. Oh, Rakian had one too many drinks. I'm not sure what they drink up in Borneo, but it has the same effect as the people, what people drink down here. And he started to go on and on and on. Oh, my wife, Potsizukan, she is so special. And everyone said, oh, yes, Rakian, she's very special. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, she's really kind of special in a, in, in a, in a very special way. 
Oh yes, and now she's had a child that 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 makes her doubly special. No, 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 no. I mean, like she's she's different from other women. She's she she has talents and she's very clever. And oh yes, Rakia. <laughs> But we can talk about something else, can't we? Other than Potsizuka. No, no, you don't understand, said Rakia. My Potsizuka is a bee woman. Oh dear, he'd told her secret, and all the people they started to whisper, "She's a bee woman. She's a bee woman. She's a bee woman." And news like wildfire spread through the village, and it reached the ears of Potsy Zukan. And when she heard that Rakiana told everyone her secret, first. She was mad. <laughs> Then she grew very sad. And when Rakian came home, she said, "Rakian, what have you done? You had to do one thing to keep my secret, and now everyone in the village knows. <gasps> I can't stay here, not with everybody pointing at me and whispering. I- I'm going to have to leave." And with that, she disappeared. And in her place was that swarm of white bees again, and those white bees flew out the window. Oh no, no," said Rakiyan. "Please, Potsy Zukan, I'm sorry. Please don't go." And he scooped the baby up from its where it lay sleeping, and he ran out the door and through the village, calling, "Potsy Zukan, please come back. I'm so sorry, Potsy Zukan. I didn't mean it." And the bees they disappeared into the forest, and Rakiyan was chasing after them, smashing through the branches, stumbling over the roots. He ran and he ran and he ran, holding their baby. He ran for many hours until at last that swarm of bees disappeared into a great long house, which are the traditional kind of houses that the people, the Dusan people, lived in. And then Rakiyan stopped, because from that house. Was coming such a buzzing sound, and the buzzing was so loud it was going down the poles of the house and into the ground, and it was making him shake. But he knew if he wanted to find Potsy Zukan, he was going to have to be brave, and he was going to have to go into that long house and to look for her. And so, holding the baby tight, he climbed up the little rickety ladder onto the porch, and he squeezed himself in through the doorway. And it was nearly deafening. There was so much buzzing. And when his eyes adjusted to the dark, he looked up, and he saw hanging from the ceiling great golden droplets of millions and millions of bees. It was like a great cavern. Of stalagmite bees, and he called out, "Patsy Zukan, Patsy Zukan, are you in here?" But all he could hear was, and he went into the next room. Patsy Zukan, Patsy Zukan, I'm sorry, please, won't you come back? One by one, each room he travelled through, calling out. There were twelve rooms, and when he got to the last room. The wee baby opened its eyes and started to cry because she was hungry for her mother's milk. And 
But Aki answered, oh, Potsy Zukan, if you can't forgive me, please won't you come back for our child? And all of a sudden, the white bees were buzzing around his head again. And there stood Potsy Zukan in her human form with her long dark hair and her skin the colour of honey and her eyes glistening like the sun hitting upon a bear's wing. And she said, oh, Rakian, I can hear in your voice that you are sorry, but you cannot undo what you have done. Now everyone knows my secret. I cannot return to your village. So we will have to stay here and live amongst my people, the bee people. And that's exactly what they did. Potsizukan and Rakian stayed there in the longhouse by the river with their child. And their child grew up and they had more children. And those children grew up as well amongst the bees. And the bees, well, they are very wonderful creatures. And from the bees they learnt all kinds of skills and knowledge. They learned about community and cooperation. And they learned about the bees' knowingness. And they say that the great, 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 great grandchildren of Potsizukan and Rakian walk amongst us today. And they hold that memory of that sacred relationship between the honeybee and the human and they bring the gifts that they learnt from those honeybees into our world. And that is the story of Rakian and Potsizukan, all the way from Borneo. So we've had a story from this place that we're zooming to you from, uh, here in Aotearoa, and a story from Borneo. It was like a, like a cheap holiday, wasn't it? <laughs> Gosh, you know, Batlay must be eating a lot. He's been gone a He's long He's been time. gone a long time, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, 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 hey, oh, 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 hang on. I think I can see him. Oh, I've been having such a nice time with Moira. <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to ask that, Lamb. How many chocolate biscuits did you eat? Um, one, and then another one and then another one and then another one oh that sounds like quite a lot of chocolate biscuits did you have any clover or any greens I quite like chocolate biscuits <laughs> oh, oh no bat lambs discovered chocolate biscuits oh did you leave any for pete oh i might have, have i might have left him um one <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I just remembered, um, Batlam. You can only count up to one, can't you? Yeah, it's very helpful when I when I'm trying to get to sleep at night. I like I like to count sheep. One, one, one. Oh, you're making me tired when you do that. Well, you know what? <laughs> I think it might be getting actually pretty close to everybody's bedtime because I'm I'm imagining a few people who are with us now probably have to get up in the morning. I know some people um, do their schooling at home, but some people actually have to get up and they have to go to school. Uh, oh, did, did any of you notice the instrument that Pete was Ooh, playing? Um, the story about. Oh, look, <laughs> Pete had wrapped it up. It's, oh, another mystery. Whoa, look at that, Pete. That looks like a very big 
violin. It's a big guitar. Yeah, a big guitar. Oh, no, I, it's a cello. Oh, I was going to ask if anyone yeah. knew. Oh, Pete, Pete told you. Oh, who knew it was a cello? Oh, look, oh, look, no, a few people knew. No, oh, it's not a violin. No, nope, no, nope, that's a cello. It's very big. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful instrument, isn't it? And Pete played it very nicely. He's very clever, Pete. When I grow up, I want to be just like Pete. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who want to grow up and be just like Pete. <laughs> okay, take care. Matewa. See you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, do. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to hear more stories and songs, you can go to our website, www.imagined-worlds.net. <laughs>